Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we shout our questionable expertise into the yawning void of the internet. I'm Matt Heron. It's me, Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. Good energy to move today. This pad, I need to move this pad closer to me so I don't pause in the middle of the intro every time. <laughs> Your eyes got to the end of one line, and then they had to shunt back to the beginning of the next line. Do you ever do that thing where you need to read something that you yourself wrote, and you get to a part, and your brain's like, that can't be the right word. <laughs> yeah. What idiot wrote this? <laughs> uh, you need to punch this up on the fly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I could read, um, then I would be able to relate to that, but I am um, unfortunately illiterate. We can't make fun of illiteracy. Surely we can't. I'm not making fun of anything. I have trouble reading. <laughs> that's that's not true. You don't like to do it. That doesn't mean you're not good at it. You're I illegibility. That's not a word. But you I, know what I'm saying. I have not read a a book. Like sat down and read a full book in period five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> in like five years, I think. Yeah, it's tough though. I yeah, mean, can't here's do the it. Thing, though, right? I probably read a book's worth of uh, internet news articles every week. <laughs> That's almost the same as being cultured. Yep, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I skim some articles sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I probably read, like, two books a year, which isn't great, but, you know, it yeah, is what it is. I'm probably around there, too. It's hard to read because uh, reading is such a quiet activity that all the thoughts in your head can uh, yes. get louder. <laughs> That's no good. Yes. It's true. And, like, I am now so broken by modern society that doing just one thing at any point makes me very antsy. Yeah. Like, if I'm just sitting and reading a book, I can't also be cleaning or uh, working on projects or whatever. Like, I, I can only do one, th- one of these things at a time, and reading takes up all of your senses. Yes. You have to eat your book. <laughs> good fiber right there mm-hmm. yeah. it's uh it's recycling it's upcycling yes <laughs> you're upcycling it into part of your own body yeah okay. exactly you're really okay. absorbing the material mm-hmm. the physical material using, <laughs> have you considered tearing the book into small pieces using your saliva to make a home for yourself like a paper mm. wasp yeah yeah that's a good idea have you considered tearing the book in half with your hands <laughs> to impress a bunch of fifth graders yeah <laughs> Yeah, check out my ad at the back of every magazine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do people do that ripping a phone book in half thing? Is that you, you like, cut it a little bit at the top and don't tell anyone or something? I think if you... I think if you hold it so, like, if you have it in half, so each hand's holding half of it, and then you can kind of twist it as you pull it in a way that the audience can't really see, sleight of hand, but what you're actually doing is getting it started, yeah, along one of the corners. I do think it's very funny that today the hardest thing about ripping a phone book in half is finding a phone book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really makes you think, doesn't it? Yep. Now if you could rip your cell phone in half... It's not that hard to do, but man, it's hard emotionally to. I, to I thought you were going to say rip yourself in half, and I was like, yeah, that would be tough. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I do not advocate self harm, Jeff. Ripping your cell phone in half would be hard. Cracking it in half would be easy, but ripping it in half—that's different. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think if anyone tra- if anyone was ripping a phone book in half and they like whacked it against a table a few times, you wouldn't fault them for it, right? No, I would. That wouldn't count. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really? count. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so I, think I would let it go. App- Sorry, go on. <laughs> Apparently, you fold the book like as you start to tear in such a way that it makes uh you like fold the middle of the pages into a V, which creates enough space that it's uh easy to tear, like get the initial tear started mm. on on some mm-hmm. pages. That makes sense. So you're only tearing a few pages at a time at first. Yeah. So you like hold the two sides and kind of squish them together to try to fold it a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it is a, mm. it's a classic, it's a, a classic circus gag, so, yeah. I mean, there is a trick to it. It's yeah, one of those so things of where, like a lot of card tricks, uh, coin tricks, where it's not doing the thing that's hard, it's making it look like you're not doing the thing while you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So if anybody wants instructions, I posted them in our chat here. <laughs> Thanks. You know that we're doing a podcast, right, Jeff? <laughs> Well, I mean, like, for after, when you go off to practice tearing phone books in half. No, no, I mean to say, like, the people listening to this can't click on the link you just posted. Oh, I so don't care about no them. Oh, it's for okay. it's for you, Matt, and you, Louisa. Because I oh, want yeah. Louisa, you Louisa, to have those if secrets. You got, 
if you got super good at ripping phone books in half and just became like a drunken party animal, that would be very funny to me. <laughs> That'll be my new project. Yeah, I really want you to learn a bunch of circus strongman tricks. Yes. That would be pretty good, huh? Grow a handlebar mustache. Do it. Wear one of those leopard print leotards with one shoulder strap. Yeah. The premise of those is that they found this strongman in the jungle, right? (laughs) Like, that's the premise, right? Yeah, he's a caveman. Or he's like... Maybe he's, like, channeling the power of the animals into his muscles. Is that anything? I thought it was meant to be, like, a Tarzan thing, because I think this was all popular around the time the Tarzan books were popular. But, of course, it's just, like, a big Italian guy every time. (laughs) Right? Hey, sometimes he's Greek. Okay, you're right. He's not always Italian. (laughs) Yeah. Why do strong men wear that? Is there something inherently, like, bulky and muscular about Mediterranean dudes? Is it because they're so hairy? Uh, it's because they were, um, considered to be, uh, like... (laughs) Wild animals. Well, kind of, right? Foreign foreign ethnic people without being any of the uh, truly undesirable races in early 20th century America. Mm-hmm, unless yeah. you're Lovecraft. Well, yes, that's true. Unless you're Lovecraft, <laughs> in which case you get scared if someone has brown hair. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Matt, no, I think it's because the whole circus was meant to be Italian or Greek or Romani, and then that's why your guy is also mm. that. Right? I guess that does make sense. I mean, there is a weird association between Italian culture and circuses for some reason. Like, whenever anyone makes up a circus name in a cartoon or whatever, it's always like, the Filipini brothers, or the Scalapini brothers, or whatever. <laughs> Stromboli. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Stromboli, yes, exactly! Yes. <laughs> uh, I have a really... Yep. My thing this week involves a very fun makeup made-up Italian name. <laughs> Okay, well, Jeff, what did you do this week? Uh, So I watched the uh, new series, Law and Order Organized Crime, in which Christopher Maloney returns to his classic role as Elliot Stabler. Mm, Christopher Maloney's back as that murderous psychopath from Oz. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. uh, So the premise of this is Elliot Stabler uh, has gone completely insane, and he has to raise his five adult sons because his wife got exploded by the mafia. I thought he had two daughters and one son. Is that wrong? I have no idea. He has at least one, like, late teens son, uh, whose name is Eli. You're Uh, right. I remember him. Yeah. Not a good name. I guess is short for (laughs) Elliot. Like, he's just Elliot Stapler Jr. Probably. Um, But his thing now is he's trying to solve his wife's murder. Oh, his um, wife got killed. I steamrolled over that part, but oh, he's such yeah. a wife guy. What a shame. Oh, he's still a wife guy. Uh, <laughs> so, um... Wait, God. does he have, like, crippling OCD and has to solve murders even though he can't leave his house? Because <laughs> this is just the pre- the premise of Monk. Okay, well, I watched 13 Ghosts last night, and that has uh, Tony Shalhoub in it as a guy whose wife dies, and then he can't yes. leave a house. <laughs> yep. Well, he can't leave a house for different reasons. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't know for sure there aren't any ghosts in Monk. Yeah, he doesn't have any of those ghost-finding glasses, and Matthew Lillard isn't in Monk, so we don't know. <laughs> Alright, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that movie sucks, but has a couple fun things in it, like when that guy gets cut in half uh, horizontally. Horizontally? Mm, yeah. On the, like... Between, on the, the Z axis, yeah, the two the two halves are the front half and the back half, which oh, is no, yeah, like a split top hot dog, like, that, yeah. like that horse in the cell. Uh, and he's still like blinking and twitching as the like front half of him slides off of the glass no, door no, that not, cut him in half. It's really weird. Yeah, that's not good. Um. Oh, I, that, I will say that movie, as someone who doesn't watch horror movies, that movie is a premium choice for reading about on Wikipedia, because they detail the stories of all the ghosts, and I like it a lot. Oh my god, the movie is so much just people talking about the lore of the movie, it's dull. <laughs> it's so dull. Yeah, we 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 were talking about it in our uh, friend's Discord, and it led to me and my wife going down a rabbit hole of looking at the original movie and the uh, Illusiono ghost viewing glasses that came with it. 
But again, uh, <clears throat> were they just you guys 3D ever- glasses? I saw the picture and they were red and blue, like 3D glasses. Yeah, so the, it's just a red panel and a blue panel, and if you look through the red panel, you can see the ghosts, and if you look through uh. the blue panel, you can't, except if you look at the stills from that version of the movie, you can still see the ghosts pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> like... Nice. All they did was fill the ghost parts with, like, a red filter over the lens or whatever, but they're still there. You can still see them. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. It's very bad and very funny that they did that. Love I that. love it. Uh, so... Elliot Stabler. Yes, Elliot, yes. Elliot, Stab- <laughs> Elliot Stabler is back in pog form. Uh, he's- I hear he's still got a great ass. This is the only thing I've heard about the show. Yep, that's what everyone says. This friggin' dude is so juiced, he's- <laughs> must be drinking, like, weightlifter blood for breakfast. He's 60 years old and his neck is wider than his head. <laughs> yeah, now, he's always we talk- like that. We talked a little bit before the show about trying to figure out all the times that, uh, Tom Hanks played any- kind of dirtbag character. Mm-hmm. Has uh, Christopher Maloney ever played not a dirtbag character? Uh, Elliot Stabler's not really a dirtbag. He's just a- He has a big dirtbag energy to him, though. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, he's it's supposed to be good that he cares so much about the victims that he gets violent and crazy, but it's not actually good. But it's presented as a- Yeah, he is still a cop, huh? Yeah. Like, getting that- uh, that- it's so emotional that you can justify doing violence against suspects is kind of the whole the whole thing we don't want cops to yeah. do. Well, yeah. Law and Order takes place in a fictional <laughs> universe in which the cops know what the laws are and follow them and are good and solve crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the issue with it is a lot of people think that that is the real universe we live in when it's not. Nope. Um, so he uh, is returning to the troll. He has to solve his wife's murder. I'm trying to find the name of the like very famous actor who plays the the mob boss on this show. Ah, hmm. God, uh, so- the, the mob boss's name is Manfredi Soprano. Okay. Sorry, Manfredi Sinatra. My bad. Okay. It's much dumber than Soprano. <laughs> uh, so does Man- he have a partner on the show? Like, I'm trying to figure out what his whole deal is. Uh, he has, like, a new unit of characters that they're clearly trying to build up to be, like, well, we know we aren't going to keep Chris Maloney on this show forever, but we do have to plan for afterward. <laughs> Um, so they have, like, a bunch of sort of new characters introduced who are other cops in the Organized Crime Task Force. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I've never, ever, ever heard anyone describe even one second of a Law & Order show in a way that made me want to ever watch it. Like, I've never watched any Law & Order, and it sounds so boring, I'm shocked that anyone else does. See, I love it. Especially because the guest stars are almost guaranteed to be people you've seen before, and it's so exciting when they go into a restaurant and the owner is someone you know, and you're like, oh, that's Fred Savage, hooray. I I just feel like if someone's not solving crimes with some kind of supernatural power or, like, super genius level intellect or something, like, it just seems depressing. It just seems like normal life. It is depressing. There is that. So, uh, Manfredi Sinatra is played by Chaz Palminteri. Ah, uh, and he dies in the first well, episode he, he right after. A lot of experience. He does have a lot of experience having a stupid name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, uh, while his, oh, Chaz is, I think, better than Calagero Lorenzo, which is his birth name. <laughs> uh, oh no. Wow, that's a hell of a name. Yeah, uh, he's extremely Italian. Um, so, <laughs> He is the father of Dylan McDermott, an actor who is only nine years younger than him. Uh, <laughs> and Good stuff. Dylan McDermott is going to be the new mob boss, I guess. But Chaz Palminteri, oh, okay. uh, sorry, Manfredi Sinatra calls Elliot Sabler and is like, I know who killed your wife. And then he dies. Uh, so then that's <laughs> oh, the setup for the season where Elliot has to uh, slowly go insane while he tries to solve his wife's murder. And he knows that Dylan McDermott is a mob boss, but can't do anything about it. Oh, man. Um, I also Seems watched like the- maybe his chief should say, I think you have too much of a personal stake in organized crime, and I'm pulling you from this case. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the the sergeant or whatever, he was like, I saw Manfredi Sinatra die, and the sergeant was like, if you tell me that you took his cell phone, I will have to arrest you, so don't tell me that. He's like, hear you loud and clear, boss. 
Oh, man. Uh, yeah, this is great. This is a great message to be sending about how police should be operating. Do you guys think that, like, I mean, clearly Dick Wolf is not a good person, but mm-hmm. do you think, how much do you think he is personally responsible for the hero cop, like, ideology that we live in now? <laughs> I think it's David Simon more than that. Is that CSI? Uh, Homicide, Life on the Street, and then The Wire. Oh. Oh. And this all kind of blew up from Homicide, I think. It is all related, yeah. It's all the same universe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, know. I think Dick Wolf was carrying the torch. Uh, I thought we canceled him after he made that, uh, controversial Penny Arcade comic, but I guess not. Uh, <laughs> Remember? Old one, yeah. old, old ones, no. Yeah. <laughs> is that what they say now? <laughs> yeah. All the, all the old heads out there know. How my oldies at? <laughs> How are they at? How you at? <laughs> yeah, uh, who out there remembers 2006 uh, light webcam co- uh, webcomic controversies? You uh, know, I, I think I don't remember 2006, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a I blur was to me. <laughs> I was watching um, old episodes of Top Chef this week because I was depressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you know how you do. Yep. And, um, uh, I I was watching season one, which I haven't watched since it aired, and I was like, "How long ago was it that I did that I watched this? Seventeen years ago! Oh my god! <laughs> Top Chef yeah. has been on the air for seventeen years, and I watched it as it was airing the first season. Uh, I was yeah. in my twenties; like it wasn't even when I was a kid. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's giving me a headache uh <laughs> one last law and order thing i watched an episode of svu right before this uh called welcome to the pedo hotel uh oh, no. and it was I like this is a geppetto thing please let it be a geppetto <laughs> thing well it's certainly about uh some people wanting someone to be a real boy uh <laughs> no it's it's uh <laughs> it's about a like there's a crime takes place near a basically like halfway house for sex offenders and then uh some white supremacists uh lynch one of the sex offenders and burn the sex offender building down mm-hmm. um the guest actors playing the uh the like actual sex offenders and not the like lead one where it's tragic that he died because he was kind of like set up and was not actually a, a rapist uh which you know maybe happens in real life seems weird to put in your show about how sex crimes are bad uh yeah they are the most cartoonish i felt like i was watching an episode of community uh-huh. like this guy like he's a very old man with very swept back like silver hair and he's just like drooling while looking through his VHS tapes of children's movies and then he mm. picks out the bad news bears and prays to Saint Anthony Anthony to get rid of his foul urges and it's just and he's played by Joel McHale <laughs> uh, yeah and it's uh it's a little weird because the other one is Donald Glover now it- oh <laughs> now oh, it no. it's just it's like so cartoonish cartoonishly like if you were doing an edgy sketch about a sex criminal uh and then the other guy is like i'm i'm not into kids or non-consent i i'm just obsessed with my big fat aunt rose who raised me and i just love big fat women and he has like pictures of like plus size models all over his room i don't know what sex crime he even did they didn't say (laughs) Yeah, there's two, that, that's the problem with a lot of the Law and Order storylines, which is they're like, oh, but look at this. W- what if we pushed the boundaries in this direction? You're like, it, yeah, then it's not a crime anymore. I don't understand yeah, what you're really saying. Feels, it feels like the people who write that show, like, they don't know which things are crimes and which ones aren't. Like, oh, what if this guy's into really hairy women? Is that a crime? No, it's still not a crime. How do you not get this? Yeah, they were like, "Oh, we, it, it couldn't have been this old guy because he's just into little boys, and it couldn't have been this weird gap-toothed aunt guy because he's just into big fat women." And this was like a skinny seventeen-year-old uh, girl who got uh, killed, so it can't be either of them. And like they use the cartoonish over exaggerations to like solve the crime. It's <laughs> insane. It's just, I mean, the most deranged really- forty-five minutes of television. <laughs> If you live in a universe with cartoonish exaggerations, you'd be a fool not to use them to solve your crimes, am I right? Yeah, that's true. That's what Who Framed Roger Rabbit is about. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Oh, but it turned out to be none of the obvious cartoons. 
Anyway. It's true, but cartoon still plays a big role in the crime. Go on. You ever think about how the terrible thing that they were trying to avoid in that movie is just the thing that came true? Yep. They got I mean, rid of all the street we live cars in, and we live in the worst. We live in the worst timeline of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. that's why- Toontown is gone. Toontown is wiped off the map for us. Exactly. It's That was in our real history, but- now Bugs Bunny just works in Branson, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And he has to live in a hyperbaric chamber when he's not working, because all the magic is gone from the world. Yeah, to keep his ink from dissolving, because <laughs> because they put dip in the water oh. to keep this us all docile. This is very upsetting, actually. <laughs> just turning it into a conspiracy theory somehow. <laughs> we control our brains through the dip in the water now. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's how they keep the whimsy out of our imaginations. Yeah. Uh, what they, are you, the right. writers of Godzilla versus Kong? Yeah, <laughs> they kill. They kill the. They kill the tune in your head. Yeah, uh, Matt, what'd you do this week? I love exploring this world where the government yes. is trying to make people stop thinking about cartoons, so they feed us all turpentine. <laughs> oh man, this is you could Jeff. This is not a joke. You should write this. You should write this as like a screenplay. Yeah, it's it, a Law and Order episode. <laughs> I'm gonna write the sequel to. Uh, uh, who censored Roger Rabbit? The novel, yeah, and it's going to be um, uh, who put the Roger Rabbit in our water and killed our childhoods? No, d- <laughs> have it be the sequel to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Call it Whatever Happened to Roger Rabbit, mm. and have it be all about how like people forgot about Roger Rabbit because uh, Judge Doom like infiltrated the higher levels of government. Mm. Yeah, Judge and Doom turned out to be a- Ronald Reagan. Now all we have is a Space Jam with CGI-created Looney Tunes? What the hell is this? And LeBron turns into a cartoon when he goes to Toon World? No thank you. that. That is absolutely offensive. I do- I've never even seen Space Jam, and I'm still upset about that. I will say I do like the fact that the space this time is cyberspace. I think that's funny. Uh, And that they play basketball in the, like, Warner Media servers, so they have, like, the Iron Giant and the uh, Clockwork Orange guys watching them play basketball against the Looney Tunes. I that explains why that. HBO Max goes down all the time. Am I right, you guys? Yeah, because yeah, LeBron it. didn't dunk good enough. For <laughs> no, to- he dunked too hard and broke the backboard, <laughs> which I guess is the splash screen of HBO Max. <laughs> I abs- I need them to have a scene mirroring the first film, uh, wherein someone tries to watch something on HBO and just like Tony Soprano isn't there because he's watching the Looney Tunes play basketball. <laughs> Uh, okay, anyway, what did I do this week, you say? Yeah, yes, I say it, if no one else says it. Uh, no, Jeff did say I it. I did say said it. it. And then did not even pause yeah. before continuing to talk about this premise. Yeah, because the premise was so much more interesting it than anything good. any of us have done ever You're in our absolutely lives. absolutely right. <laughs> Jeff, if you take away one thing from this, I am not joking when I say you should write this screenplay. I think it's so good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so I wasn't going to do this as my thing, but Jeff encouraged me to do it, so I will. Uh, the thing that I did this week was I got vaccinated against COVID-19. Wow, bragging. <laughs> against the wishes of your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I was looking for a while, because this past week, I, uh, the state of New Jersey opened up the vaccine to essential IT workers, and since I work in an IT company that manages mainly medical records, I count. Uh, so I was looking around and I couldn't find any of the mega sites or any of the, the hospitals had anything, mm. but then I found out that, uh, my, like, insurance company works together with a local medical group and I already had access to a place that had, like, uh, like a local medical university was giving out oh. vaccines to anyone who was a member of this Cooper medical group, so I didn't even have to do anything. I just had to log into my, uh, health insurance application and then I could get uh, a, an appointment no problem. So, cool, you did te- you did got a telehealth vaccine, that's cool. Yeah. You got it over 5G. It right up into my blood. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they get the dip into you so you can't think about Roger Rabbit anymore. <laughs> Um, so anyway, I got, uh, I got an appointment 
uh, I looked on Tuesday and I got an appointment for Thursday, so it was very quick turnaround. And uh, it was one of those things where they're like, "Just come to the university, and we'll give you whatever vaccine we have handy." So we don't we we don't know which one you'll get yet, but just show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I showed up, and I got the Johnson and Johnson, which is a single shot, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is good. Uh, so yeah, I got fully vaccinated. Nice. That's awesome. Um, yeah, is because it's one shot, and I know most of them are two shots. Are there any differences in side effects that you've heard of? I haven't heard anything. So I obviously everyone has like a different reaction to this, so it's hard to mm-hmm. judge what I would have had if I had had the two shot one. But I will say for the one shot one, uh, the rest of that evening I felt s- sort of fine. I went to sleep fairly early, but who's to say whether that was the vaccine or just general depression? Mm-hmm. Um, but the next day I. I woke up and like my whole body was like a little bit sore. It wasn't terrible. It was like when you forget that you're in your 30s and then you go and play kickball all day and then the next day you're like, oh no. Mm, yeah, I've definitely done that in my 30s. <laughs> Um, or whatever, you know, or like you go skiing for the first time in 20 years and you forget how physically demanding it is. Um, Jeff, I feel like you're reacting as if I'm saying extremely gentrified things. No, I I think that one, that one, I think I, I think I have gone skiing at some point in my thirties. I forget how old I am and how long it's been since I've done anything. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I felt pretty sore all over and like tired for, uh, maybe like. 24 hours after getting it. Again, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't, like, debilitating. But after I finished work that day, I was just like, I don't want to do anything but sit in my chair until I go to sleep tonight. And that's what I did. Uh, And then I woke up the next day, and I felt fine. My arm is still a little tender, like, right where I got the shot. It feels like someone punched me in the arm. Mm. Uh, So it's been about three days, and it's still just a little teeny bit bruised, but it could be worse. It's not tender like your heart in a blender? Uh, no. I I mean, my heart was tender before I put it in this blender. I see. Okay. That's it. I'm done with that joke. (laughs) Louisa, it sounded (laughs) like you were about to talk. Uh, But I I know somebody who, uh, somebody else who got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, and she, I I ran into her on my way to go get the vaccine, and she showed me where she'd gotten it the week before, and it was like a huge purple bruise on her arm where she'd gotten it. It was like, I don't know, maybe the size of like a silver dollar, um, just like... And and she was like, watch out, it's going to be terrible. I was like, thanks for that, I guess. Um, but it wasn't as bad as she made it out to be. But no. I, I think it, it very much depends on how the, your body shape and style, if you will. <laughs> sure. uh, is that down to the person doing the injecting? Like whether or not it damages the muscle in that way? It is, right? I don't think so. I think it's oh. more to do with how much tissue you have in your body to absorb it. Hmm, okay. Like, the person that showed me her bruise, she is a very sort of wayfish body shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think because she didn't have a lot of muscle tissue in her, like, shoulder, upper arm, okay. uh, it, it did more damage. Whereas I am a big, beefy boy, and so <laughs> it just it went right into my beef. <laughs> you didn't even notice. Great. Yep. yep. You yep. put it, they just were like, open up the beef, sir, and then they put it right under mm-hmm. there. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it wasn't bad. The whole thing only, I mean, the, the process from walking in to having the injection in my arm took less than a minute. Uh, they didn't ask me if I was eligible. They just assumed that if I had signed up for an appointment, I wasn't lying. So that was pretty weird. (laughs) Yeah, that, Uh, that happened with me too. Like they checked my ID to make sure I was who I said I was, but they did not make sure to even check if I had an appointment. Yeah. Yep. I think that the people on site don't give a shit. (laughs) Which is fine. Yeah. Um, and I, then- I really think this is a self-solving problem, because there's, what, like, maybe 0.01% of insane hypochondriacs in the world who might try to go get it more than once, but literally nobody else will. No matter what your politics are or whatever, if you're getting the shot, you're not going to go and sneak and get it again. <laughs> so, like, you're <laughs> yes. out of the way if you get it. Yep, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, I, I think that everyone should go get it, and... Um, but, you know, I'm the kind of person who, even if a rule doesn't make sense, I want to follow it. So yeah. e- even as I was, like, driving up to the place, I was reading the rules again to make sure that I counted before <laughs> I went in. 
Yeah. Yep. So I went in and, and they make you sit for 15 minutes in a big auditorium with people after you get it to make sure you don't have an allergic reaction to the shot, uh, mm. which apparently happens to like 0.01% of people. Uh, but yeah. it didn't. I was fine. So. Because it's got mm. all that mercury and fish guts in it or whatever. <laughs> the it's got all those nanobots in it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. if you're allergic if, to if, 5G. Yeah. If Bill Gates put that in you, but your operating system is a Mac <laughs> iOS. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be incompatible. You're going to actually think about Roger Rabbit too much. (laughs) It's going to double your your cartoon thoughts. Yeah, Yeah, good. Great. Good stuff. Uh, Yeah, I got my appointment for next week for my first shot of two. um, I think. Um, But I hear that one's a lot less hard on your body. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I'm like, oh, we'll literally take whatever, but it seems to be this one. So, fine. Good. Um, yeah. But it so says- apparently at- Oh, go on. Uh, just that it told me to print out, like you were talking about bringing stuff, it told me to print out the email and bring it with me. I'm definitely yep. not going to do that. <laughs> I'm just going to no. have it on my phone. Yes, that's the right <sighs> way to do it. Yeah. Um, apparently, after you get the shot, you, like, ramp up your immunity over the course of two weeks, so I guess I'm still not fully immune yet, mm-hmm. but the people at the place said I could stop wearing... the. I don't know if everyone does this. You know, do you guys do the thing where you wear like a, a cloth mask and then have like a filter mask underneath it? I just no. have a little filter in a pocket on my masks. Yeah, that's, it's the same thing. Okay. Mine just doesn't have a pocket, but it's the same concept. Okay. Um, anyway, they, they told me I didn't need to worry about the filter mask anymore because, uh, as the, uh, vaccine takes hold of me, um, I guess I'm, the only thing I'm protecting against is me sneezing glob- globules of spit into other people's mouths. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that, which you want to do, so definitely. Yeah, you're exactly. still not allowed to because of the fascists in the White <laughs> yeah. House. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess uh, I guess a cloth mask is sufficient to protect from that. So yeah. okay. I, I'm very excited to not have to have two masks on anymore. Yeah, yep, that's pretty good. And they say that you don't have to mask if you're with another group that are all also vaccinated, right? Yep. Yep. I was able to go visit my family uh, last week when I was on spring break. Yay. Uh, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Louisa, what did you do this week? Uh, I've been reading more of my cookbook, Salt, Acid, Fat, Heat. I always get the mm-hmm. order wrong of those words, but they're all in there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's a good cookbook. But yep. um, it's more about uh, the tech- learning good techniques for the cooking you're already doing than it is about, like, here's how to make a recipe. Although there are recipes okay. in it. Yeah. And um, the author, uh, Samin Nasrat, is, uh, she's American, but her family is Iranian. So she has a lot of Iranian dishes in there that she grew up with. And Mm -hmm. this is like a new style of cooking to me. So I'm very excited about that because I'm always most interested in cooking I've never done before. So (laughs) I've been making like stuck pot rice and stuff. It's pretty great. Yeah, I I wish I could get more into creating my own fusion cuisine. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really think that that's cool when you can get like, oh, I combined like, uh, you know, uh, Tex-Mex with, uh, Indian food or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I think that that's really cool. And it comes up like, that's often my favorite dishes are, are fusion things. But whenever I try to think of them, it always ends up being like, yeah, what if I put this curry in a taco shell? <laughs> no, put it, put it in empanada dough. Yeah. Make a curry empanada. <laughs> A taco-filled uh, samosa would be the ultimate yeah. of that, right? Like, you're not really fusing anything. You're just changing the shape of the thing from one of them into the shape of another one. Yeah, that's all it is. No, no, that's not what it is. <laughs> uh, so I really like finding out, um, like, wh- whatever type of cooking you're learning, the people who have been were living in that area and making this food have been doing it for thousands of years. So, like, they've got a lot of shit figured out. And yep. it's great to discover that for yourself for the first time. Like rice that's uh, fluffy, but then a little, some of it is crunchy with butter. And then you have that with a yogurt sauce with herbs in it. Ah, the texture is so good. It's so good to find out all these new things. Because it sounds bad. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) What, yogurt with rice? Yeah. Mm, So good though. I, uh, it bothers me how hard it is to just know rice. Like, has anyone written just a cookbook on rice? (laughs) Because there's so (laughs) many different types and styles and shapes and like, you cannot substitute one for another. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes. 
no. I feel like sometimes you could get away with like Jasmine and Basmati switching in a recipe. You you can, but I can't. By <laughs> I which see. I mean, like it's fine, but it's not as good, and you know, you can tell. Yeah. Well, see, that's the problem I have with doing fusion cuisine, like you say, because I know that there is a way to like. Uh, maybe you want to switch up uh, the type of meat that you're using as something to make it a fusion. But I know the type of meat that they would use originally is going to be really good. <laughs> so why am I going to mess with that? Is my problem. Yeah, I think I think the only way that fusion cuisine is good is if you make some piece of it to be like the way that it would traditionally be in one culture's food, mm-hmm. and then a different piece of the meal to be the way that it would tr- be traditionally made in another part of the world, and then combining them. Like, That's I'm true. not interested in you making, you know, schnitzel, but with, uh, I don't know, uh, goat meat or whatever. <laughs> like, th- I'm not into that. But if you make traditional schnitzel, but you serve it over, uh, like, Japanese fried rice or something, well, now, now we're, now, I'll, I'll, now I want to know more about it. Okay. Yeah, that is true. So you, you want, like, schnitzel katsu. Schnitzel, yeah. schnitzel teriyaki. It might be good. Probably. Yeah, I certainly would try it. Uh, yeah. I think that was a choice available at the schnitzel sandwich shop that I, I went to uh, <laughs> during one of my weird summer jaunts uh, out to a distant restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait to go to restaurants again, you guys. <laughs> the, the thing <laughs> I know you don't care, Louisa, <laughs> yeah, but I, I love going to restaurants. I like to sit in... Uh, a counter service restaurant and eat my food. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, a big slice of pie. Something like a, a, a pizza place or like a fast food place. I like a big to slice eat of pizza pie. in those. Yeah, my big slice of pizza <laughs> pie. Um, I like to sit I in was- those to eat. I don't really miss uh, like table service restaurants where you have to talk to yeah. and then tip a wait staff person. Yeah. No, that's the good stuff. I love that. <laughs> Um, I mean, I like it all. I I like going to a table service restaurant as long as they like it's a good one where I know that there's going to be several things on the menu that I'm tempted to try. I'm really into it. Mm. Um, but I also miss when I used to travel for work all the time. Like you say, Jeff, sitting at a counter and eating. And this is this makes me a bad person. Just heads up ahead of time. Um. <laughs> I loved sitting and reading a book with my headphones in while I was eating my food or whatever, and then inevitably some incredibly lonely old man business traveler would sit down next to me and try to have a conversation with me, and I would pretend I couldn't hear him (laughs) until he went away, and it was the best. Excuse me, sir, (laughs) this is the Taco Bell. You do not make conversation with people in here. (laughs) At the counter service Taco Bell. (laughs) Yeah, I would go... When I was on my company's dime, I would go and eat at Taco Bell like a dirt bag. <laughs> Guys, counter service is when you go get the food at the counter and then take it to a table, is it not? Uh, not- what if, the, what if the, the table is also the counter further down and there's some stools next to it? What about that? <laughs> I think that that is... Hmm. Eating at the bar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The taco bar. Mm, am I right? Mm. Fusion cuisine. Now, I Google counter service, and I'm getting pictures of both things, so I don't know. A Bloody Mary with a little uh, quesadilla stuck on the side of it. Oh, now, <laughs> hold on. Wait, stop thinking. <laughs> we need to cancel the podcast right now before somebody We're hears this and takes the idea. We're having too many good ideas today, you guys. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, do we want to get into the, the wiki how? Yeah, we sure do. Okay. Uh, so I put in a, so what we do on the show is that we put in a random word from the word generator into WikiHow and see what people are asking for articles about, and then we answer those questions for you. We could just write the articles that on WikiHow, but we're lazy, so we do it as a podcast instead. Uh, and this week's random word was mess. Yay. Yay. We all love it. Uh, again, a lot of these are not just the word mess, but mess as part of a larger word, most of them being message. In fact, all but two are message? No, 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 no. There's how to make a messy ponytail twice. Yeah, how to do a messy ponytail. (laughs) Yep, all but two are Uh, message. Oh, huh, okay, I guess you're right. Yeah, know how to clean up a mess, know how to make a mess, know how to tell people about your mess fetish. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you need to tell anyone about it? Uh, if you want your wife to throw mayonnaise at you, you do have to tell her why. <laughs> do you? I guess otherwise it's kind of 
uh, manipulative. Yeah, it's coercion otherwise. <laughs> yeah, you can't involve well, her know. in your jello play if you're not telling I her. Think, I think if you went to a loved one and said, can you please eat it, sit in this cake, I can't ask, I can't tell you why. <laughs> and they, They'll already know why. <laughs> well, A, they'll already know why, but B, if they agree to do it, like, I don't think that you did anything wrong there. Uh, hmm. I guess they, they knew what they were getting into. <laughs> as long really a sustainable model, though, you can't keep asking and then be like, "But I can't tell you why." Don't ask. What if that's part of it for you? <laughs> yeah, if someone has to of their own volition, without knowing it's a sex thing for you, sit in and fart on a cake that you just baked. <laughs> God, uh, the idea that anyone finds farts sexy really upsets me. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, I know I shouldn't kink shame anyone, but that's upsetting. <laughs> Yeah. Here's here's the thing about kink shaming. Yes, yes, you should. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, no, you shouldn't kink shame anyone. It's fun, actually. No, listen. <laughs> if everyone involved is consenting adults, and everyone wants to do a thing where I'm not there, then I'm fine. <laughs> and I don't fine. have to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. It's really bizarre to me because you hear commonly that the most, like, the most common, uh, kink or paraphilia or whatever, uh, like alternative, uh, sexual yeah, yeah. thing that people like is f- a foot fetish. And that is the one that it is far and away the most okay to make fun of. <laughs> Well, that's because it's, I mean, it's like why it's okay to make fun of white people, because they are already have all the power in this community. <laughs> yeah, foot fetishists have all the power. We need to take <laughs> those bastards down I think, I think that's true. Yeah, in the uh, fetish community, I think that's true also. Cause no, I'll, I think like, doms have all the power in the fetish community. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you feel proud of that one? Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> Uh, no, I think they do have the power because it's not shameful to admit that. It's just like a little weird, right? If you have yeah. a foot fetish. Uh, Friggin' what's his face? Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. No, is, he would never. So, so how people still let him make movies, even though he's bad at movies and a foot fetish. I don't think that he has ever admitted that he has a foot fetish and he thinks he's in on the joke now. And it makes me so <laughs> mad. It makes me mad too, yeah. Um... What were we talking about? <laughs> How to send a message to another computer. Isn't that everything that you do on your computer? Um, uh, you have to make sure you're connected to the internet. You mm. you kill it. You kill its brother. Ooh, there you go. Put a horse head in its bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if the computer sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of its to the morgue. There you go. <laughs> go to the mattresses. Leave the cannoli or whatever. Yeah, I've never seen The Godfather, and <laughs> I never will. I've only seen You've Got Mail one time. <laughs> but you remember everything about it. He does talk about, about going it. to the mattresses. He quotes The Godfather all the time in that movie. He is a dirtbag in that movie. Yeah, yes. Turns out. Anyone who lives their life... Uh, sorry, we're talking about Tom Hanks. <laughs> that might be confusing for listeners. Uh, anyone who lives their life, like, with any f- amount of philosophy they took from The Godfather is a dirtbag. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what you if- said we're talking about Tom Hanks, but we're talking about his character in the movie. That's true. Well, Jimmy I don't know Beavis. Tom Hanks. Maybe <laughs> him, too. Yeah, maybe. Uh, what if that person's name is Manfredi Sinatra? Is it okay for them to base their life on The Godfather, then? <laughs> uh, I don't think they have any other choice, and that's just a tragedy. Yeah. Oh. Like The Godfather. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. You don't choose the life. The life chooses you. Oh, it's true. Fuck. <laughs> How to prepare Bible messages. What do you think that could mean? Uh, like, how to give people who don't want to hear your Bible message how to, like, get it into their hands before they have a chance to say no. That's what most it doesn't, of this It doesn't say is, how right? to deliver Bible messages. It says how to prepare Bible messages. Uh, you have to yeah. carve out the center of the Bible in the shape of a gun, and then mm. you can put the gun in there to deliver your Bible <laughs> All right, message. Jeff, I'm putting a moratorium <laughs> on any more messages as threats godfather <laughs> things i'm sorry i don't know if we will have any more places for them but like bible uh message it seemed obvious to me i mean you you managed to shoehorn it into message to another computer so like i think you could do it yeah send a message um, is anyway i think um I, when I read pl- uh, prepare Bible messages, I thought of how they would highlight certain words in a Bible to send coded messages to spies oh, in like okay. World War Two or whatever. Yeah, 
I'm thinking of it more like when people do that dick move where they uh, put what looks like a folded $20 bill under their plate at a restaurant for the server, but then mm. when you open it, it's a, a Bible verse, and it's like, hey, why don't you join my fucked up church? Is it still a $20 bill? <laughs> no! It- you know about the scam! No, wait, did they print a f- counterfeit $20 bill on one side and yeah. then a Bible verse on the other? Yes. That is preparing a Bible message right there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying! <laughs> I've never heard of this, but I love it. Do you love it? Because what it is doing is tricking your waitress into thinking she's getting $20, and then in fact she gets literally zero tip and a fucked up thing about your church. I think that waitresses or waiters should be allowed to use those as legal tender, (laughs) but no one else. I think that they should go to the church and put those in the donation basket. But no, then they win, Jeff, because you still went to their church. That's fine. You wear your plugs. <laughs> you don't let any you of wear the wear headphones God in you. and read a book in the front row. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would be so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> would they be a lot, like? Would they yell at you? Would they yell at yeah. you? Yeah, they could kick okay. you out. Yeah, they would yell at you, but you wouldn't be able to hear them because you're busy <laughs> listening to your devil music. <laughs> You're busy listening to Little Nas X while you're reading your book. Yeah, you're busy uh, listening to an audiobook of the uh, Satanic Bible. Yep. <laughs> How do you make a messy ponytail? Is it just make a ponytail but don't do a good job? Yeah. Uh, it's a lot more complicated than it looks, because like a lot of things, it's supposed to look like it's messy on purpose. Uh, look mm. like it's messy not on purpose, but it is on purpose. Mm-hmm. So, the thing is, you want it to um, look kind of loose around the top, like it's not all pulled back tight. But you want the ponytail to stay up high enough, so some of it does need to be pulled back tight. So you have to, mm. like, take uh, non-load-bearing pieces of hair and pull those <laughs> ones loose, is the problem. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And how do you do that? Um, practice. <laughs> <laughs> how do you get to Messy Ponytail Hall? <laughs> uh, yeah. I- I think looking at the Google image search, the easiest way is to become a professional actress, uh, and then mm-hmm. someone will do it for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true of almost everything. Especially fashion-wise. Get one of yeah. those combs with an eight-inch long uh, spike on the back, you know what I'm talking about, instead of a handle, oh, yes. and then, like, thread some of that into your hair like a chopstick. Just mm-hmm. push Just that into weave, your weave ear. Weave those combs into your hair <laughs> yeah. so that they dangle like jewelry from the end of your dreadlocks. Push it up your nose until you <laughs> You scramble the part of your brain that's worried about this. <laughs> oh, I watched The Mummy uh, this week. That movie totally holds up. <laughs> oh, yeah, because we're talking about removing the brain through the nose. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good stuff. Um, did did so they do that, or did we make that up because of racism? No, they did that. that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how to find <laughs> subliminal messages. Um, if you find them, then they're not subliminal enough. Mm, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like subliminal messages is one of the few times when I can just relax and let <laughs> something wash over me without analyzing it. Yeah. I don't want to ruin the magic of subliminal messages, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you just later want to feel super angry about the government or something, and then you're like, mm, they got me. Ha, <laughs> you got me again, subliminal wait, messages. Wait, who has the power to send subliminal messages and is anti-government? Because <laughs> I want to join their group. <laughs> um, uh, big business us. Guy, anonymous. <laughs> Is it us? It might be us. Uh, I think, I think, like, McDonald's, probably. <laughs> they don't want- McDonald's are sending subliminal anti-government messages, is that <laughs> what you're saying? I'm <laughs> saying that they are pro-deregulation, and absolutely advertising uh, wants to take advantage of subliminal messaging as much as possible. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, you want to know another group that's pro-deregulation? What? The the American government. <laughs> <sighs> that's, that's only that's only because we keep electing Republicans pretending that they have a reasonable uh uh viewpoint. Yeah. When I say I'm anti government, I don't mean I'm anti the concept of a government. Oh, I, I do. mean I'm anti our government. <laughs> no, I'm absolutely anti the concept of a government. <laughs> oh no, Jeff, you're becoming a libertarian, the thing we all hate the most. And by we all I mean everyone on earth. No, I want corporations to also be dissolved. I want no uh no uh socially enforced hierarchies of any kind. Uh, you still need a government for that. <laughs> like, that's, even anarchists want uh, some kind of government. Uh, no. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, but Jeff said no, though. So yeah, no. Oh, I did say no, see? <laughs> oh, you got me there. <laughs> 
Uh, there's two on here. Play Message in a Bottle and Play Message in a Bottle on Guitar, which I believe is about the police song, Message in yep. a Bottle. Yep. And yep. that song came out, what, 30 years ago? 40? There must be tabs for that motherfucker online, right? I'm sure there are, but I don't think they're talking... I mean, maybe the Play Message in a Bottle on Guitar one is, is harder to argue, but I don't think they're necessarily talking about playing the notes. You, the hardest part is getting on board with doing that, like, hey Like, (laughs) just sting sort of yodeling. Yes. (laughs) That he does in every song. That's hard to get the hang of. Yeah. You can't actually yell, but you need to sound like you're yelling, but from very far away. (laughs) Yeah, do that thing in your throat where you're like collapsing in on itself. Yeah. Only yelling inside your throat. (laughs) Create a black hole in the back of your throat. (laughs) Like Kirby. Yeah. Mm. I bet Kirby could sing Message in the Bottle by the Police. Mm. And he loves tantric sex. <laughs> yeah. God. Uh, you're not wrong. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you can't I say you're not wrong about yourself. <laughs> I can't, dude. No. Kirby is uh, a sexless uh, Cthulhu monster. <clears throat> yeah. He, he, re- he reproduces by budding. Hmm. Uh, I think he's a tardigrade. How do they reproduce? I have no idea. Trying to make they don't. Really they're just immortal. Joke about budding versus butting. <laughs> Kirby doesn't no, have though. a butt, or he's all yeah. butt. Yes, yeah. he is all butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. butt, no hole. That's Kirby. <laughs> he's he is all hole. <laughs> That's the mouth hole. He doesn't have a butt hole. <laughs> He just has the one hole, like a a chicken. Like a bat. Yeah, roaches go in and they don't check out. (laughs) I I corrected halfway through. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dumb. Man, we're off the rails. Yeah. How to divert text messages is an interesting question. Does that mean, like, I want to, like, intercept them from one person to another? Or does that mean, like, I sent a text message, is there any way I could have it go somewhere else? Like, is it still on its way and I need to change its destination halfway through? You have to get Kevin Costner on the horse. You see those messages, like, blinking lights going along the tubes of the internet and you have to divert them somewhere else? Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. You need to pull. It's the trolley problem, but with text messages. <laughs> if you pull, if you pull this lever, uh, Bugs Bunny dies. But if you if you don't, don't pull, pull the lever, lever all the rest of the Looney Tunes die. Gets a nude picture of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Bugs Bunny's gonna have to die. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> I can't it's believe fine. that we keep talking. Like that wasn't even related to the earlier thing we were talking about killing Looney Tunes. <laughs> That was just an unrelated Looney Tune murder that we just got into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you know how it goes. I think one of our talents as a group is that we can connect any conversation to murdering a Looney Tune. <laughs> is Roger Rabbit a Looney Tune? No. no. Is he his own thing? Do you think? Yes. yes. Uh, he exists in the space between uh, Warner Brothers and Disney, which is a mm-hmm. very small space. I think yes. Disney might actually own him right now, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I, I mean, they made the movie. <laughs> of course they that do. That's true, yes. Oh, yeah. It's weird. It feels weird that they made the movie, though, right? Yes. Yes. It's, it is so, like, not the type of, like... I don't know. It just feels like Warner Brothers made it and then got Disney to let them use some stuff. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. I feel like it was just a a good idea for a movie, because it was, and then it got enough buzz around it that Disney was like, okay, yeah, we'll buy this good idea for a movie and make it into a profitable movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, like, because it is such a love letter to the history of, like, animation in Hollywood, I would bet that the people who own the Looney Tunes were like, yeah, we want to be involved in this. We know it's not our thing, but, like, we it, it respects our history so much, you know? Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. Was a, it was a co-production with Amblin Entertainment, which I guess sort of represents non-Disney uh, okay. interests. Yeah. Five old mouse. Was <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, he on Amblin? I know it was those people, but... E.T., the extraterrestrial. Uh, no, they yes. eventually started DreamWorks. Yes, I know, but yeah. was, it was Five to do with Amblin at the time. 
Uh, yes! Distributed by Universal Pictures, produced by Amblin. <coughs> Correct. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. There you go. Here's one. Mm-hmm. How to make a messenger. Mm. Does that mean just give someone a message and then they become the messenger? Yes. <clears throat> what else could that mean? Because that seems too easy. How to code how to- a new instant messaging software. Yeah, how to write a new AOL, AOL instant messenger program to take over the world. Good news, you don't need to, because we already have plenty. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to invent smartest child, and it's going to change everything. <laughs> the trouble is, you say we have plenty, but every week, a new one is like, hey, good news, we've sold our company to fascists who want to spy on you. <laughs> yep, and yep. then people scramble around to try to find a new one. See, here's the thing, though. You want to make a new messenger so that, they're, that they don't get sold to a fascist, but if you made it and then fascists wanted to buy it, you would absolutely sell it to them. <laughs> yeah, a million dollars? I'm definitely <laughs> gonna sell anything to you for a million dollars. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, the thing is, there's uh, open source versions of pretty much everything we use, but it's so hard to, like, set up your own instance of it that it's just easier to use the kind that doxes you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the greatest defense we all have is being too boring for anyone to care about what we're saying. Mm. Yes, it's true. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier uh, to live your life. Like Here's I, one that I keep staring at. Oh, more about this? No, I was just going to say, like, I have a home server. I could set up a, a Mastodon thing if I wanted. I could set up an IRC server. But, like... Yeah. Eh. <laughs> okay. I so probably... I probably... I probably will at some point. But, like... <laughs> Is anyone go- is that- do I need to? Is anyone gonna use it? Does it matter? No, nothing matters. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Getting people to use things. That's always the problem with uh, tech stuff. Finding the bridge between the tech and making it so that people can easily use it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I feel like there's always a disconnect there. And that's why companies get successful, because they pay people to be like, okay, make sure there's clear buttons on what to do, and like, don't (laughs) assume that uh, people are idiots unless they know exactly how your software works already. And then they pay a bunch of influencers to talk about how great uh, Bumble is or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's our uh, sponsor for this week is Bumble. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we're influencers now. Yeah, we forgot to mention them this whole time, but Bumble. (laughs) Sign up. Do you guys know how to do contouring? (laughs) What? What? <laughs> I think that's the thing that influencers mainly do now. Oh, I see. Like, I thought you were still teach advertising. People how to do contouring? Yeah, that's they, true. Um, mm? uh, they teach they they teach uh, straight cis women how to do drag queen makeup for some reason. Yes. Sure. <laughs> oh man, when you see people who've who've like bought into contouring too much in the real world, it's like seeing a Cirque du Soleil performer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh no, they've got some kind of dirt. Oh wait, no, that's intentional. Yeah. Oh. It's yep. it's so strange because it's like the point of that makeup technique is to look like a ridiculous parody of makeup. <laughs> And then yeah. other people are like, ooh, but it makes my cheekbones look so good. No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's all. Do, it, that's all do fashion, whatever makes it? do whatever makes you happy. But yeah, I mean to say things things are created to be a parody of something, and then they kind of become absorbed by that thing. Like mm. that's how fashion evolves. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Soon uh, we're so all going to be wearing a guy strapped to us upside down, <laughs> like that one runway model. <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> Wait, what happened? A real human? Yeah. yeah. It, was she incredibly strong? Uh, I think that the two models were just roughly the same size, sort of like a wayfish 98-pound uh, German lady. Yeah. If you're 98 pounds and you can carry a 98-pound person, you're very strong, I think. Yeah, I don't know how that works, but uh, yeah, it was very funny. Uh, so the one of those things that keeps jumping out at me is how to send a blocked text message. Uh, how about you just fucking deal with the fact that you got blocked? What are you trying mm. to do? You can't get she the last word, like but you, you got blocked. Yeah. Work on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you got blocked. That is their message to you. You don't get to send us a follow-up <laughs> message to that. Ooh, that is, ooh, when you say it like that, that makes me angry, though. <laughs> That they got the last word, and you have to fucking Yes, get exactly. They got to send me a message, and I don't get to respond? Ugh, that's not good. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, it's like when you're talking to someone on, like, Twitter or whatever, and they are the jerk, and then they block you for, before you can block them, and it's like, <laughs> no! 
Listen, I see what you're saying, but you are sinking into the quicksand when you reach I know, but still, (laughs) it makes you want to create a new account just to block them first so that they see that you blocked them. Yeah. I really, really like muting someone on uh, something like Twitter because they don't know you did it, and they can just yell at you to their heart's content, and you never see it. Yeah, that is pretty good. If you let someone else get the last word, but you never respond to it, never feel anything about it, that is pretty good. Yeah, like, don't show them. If you block them, they see, and they win. But if you just mute them, they continue to yell at you, which means you win, but don't have to see them yell at you. Uh, I mean, they'll figure it out pretty quickly, I think. I'd like to say, it's probably not good either way to do that. If you just remove yourself from the situation, it's probably the best thing for your own mental health. Yeah, yeah. that's what muting Although, does. I, I mentioned on the show a while ago when I blocked a guy on Facebook that I knew from college who ended up being pretty anti-Semitic. No, the other one where he accused everyone who is uh, anti-Israel's government of being anti-Semitic. Oh, and I was okay. like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, so I blocked him and then he like sent me a, t- a message. <laughs> Like, why did you block me? And you can't do- that's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. That was him sending you a blocked text message. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ugh. Well, I guess the question is, if you mute someone on Twitter, Jeff, can they still DM you? Um, I don't think so. I I think it would just look like your DMs are closed to them. Mm, I think you should really nail that down before you continue this life philosophy. <laughs> well, I have a locked Twitter account, so no one can even see my tweets unless they're already following me. Yeah, but if they're following you and then you're following them but you've muted them, I think they can still send you a DM. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't mute, I just like, I'll just make them not follow me anymore. Yeah, that's all well and good. I mean, that's the good thing to do, but if you want people to not know that you've done that, they probably will know they've done that. Yeah, yeah, I have no way to do this because I have a locked Twitter account, but I also don't encounter encounter this problem very much because I have a locked Twitter account. I I am one of those people who wants assholes to know they're an asshole, so (laughs) I like it when they know that I blocked them. Pretty Mm, good. Yeah. But when they block me first, it's so frustrating. I can't believe other people aren't bothered by this. Uh, How do you intercept SMS messages? No. (laughs) That's a bad thing to want to do. You don't get to do that. This one was posted by the CIA. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, if you write that article, you instantly get hired to be the director of the CIA. Yep. Uh, I like that one of these on here is how to install PSP Messenger. Why? Do they still make PSPs? <laughs> no, they don't. And they discontinued the Messenger app for it because nobody used it, and that was yep. 15 years ago? Yeah. Ooh, spooky. It's a haunted That being uh, said, I'm how? sure you could figure out how to do it. Yeah, I, as soon as I saw that, I googled, and I saw some place that gave you a download and instructions on how to install it. <laughs> Yeah. That's funny. Uh, I like this one. This is a good one. How to leave voicemail messages that get returned. Mm, here we go. I think this should be our last one because this is a good, this yeah. is our only good <clears throat> advice of the show. I think you need to be very concise because it drives me crazy when people leave rambling messages that are like, so call me back and uh, this is kind of about this thing and I don't know what you think about this and uh, call yeah, me back. I- Adding on, t- adding on to that, hang up your voicemail in the middle of a word. Yeah, if if you're, <laughs> I was just gonna say, if the only goal is to get called back, then you need to just be like, uh, oh my god, <laughs> they're gonna get me help. <laughs> yeah, oh my no, god, call me back. Call my phone number is this. Please ha- <laughs> call Chris Maloney and say I know who murdered your wife. <laughs> yeah, and cl- click. Just hang up, and he'll be just like, my my wife's alive. I'm an actor. Yeah. That's actually a really good point, though. Like, if you called literally anyone and said, I know who murdered your wife, they will call you back. Yeah, especially if they're not married, or they for sure know that their wife is alive. Yes, or they are a wife and they have a husband. Ooh, that's Uh, a real wife-wife. The way to definitely not get messages returned if you're calling my phone is to just say, Hi, this is John Doe at this number, so please give me a call back. Uh, we need to talk about some things. 
And then they hang up. <laughs> I fucking I, will never return that call. Fuck you. I get voicemails all the time that uh, I love them, even though I will obviously never return them. But <laughs> it makes me so happy when you get a voicemail that's like, hello, this is Ron from the car warranty center. Yeah, Like, fuckers. which car warranty center? If you were from them, you would know. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a car that has a warranty. It's a used 2006 Subaru. this should really be illegal i get those calls and i get the letters in the mail all the time that are like warning important information about your uh 2012 kia i'm like shit i do have a 2012 kia and then i open it up and it's like oh your kia might not have a warranty anymore you probably want to fix that here give Mm -hmm. us a call fuck you you shouldn't get to do that with your scare mails yeah so if you want to have a voicemail returned you need to do the opposite of that so you should call and say, uh, hi, I just reinstated your car's warranty. <laughs> Want to know what that means? <laughs> Call me back. You'll never catch me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, you yep, just, you'll definitely get called back if you do some, like, saw pre-recorded message type stuff on a voicemail. <laughs> yeah. What if you leave a voicemail and you make it so that the thing, like, as they're listening to the voicemail, you're outside their house so that you can, like, <laughs> like, hi, uh, my name is Matt and I'm, uh, here to say- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yes! That's how you get a voicemail! That I'm right outside your house okay. in a spooky way. <laughs> yeah, no, hi, uh, my name is Matt and I'm here to say, and then you're on their front step and you start playing like a beat that your rap lines up with as they're listening to it. You account for the delay. Yeah. Oh, if you could pull that off, you'd get a call back for sure. Hi, I'm Matt and I'm here to say, please let me account for the delay. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hang up. That's the best joke we're gonna get. Oh my god. Oh, All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the show. Uh, if you liked it, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, we've been having a little problem with getting our podcatchers to sync up. The fault lies entirely with big business, not with any of us. It's so. my fault, and I fixed all of no, it now. Jeff, no. <laughs> Blame big business. They, yeah. they, they've got the pockets deep enough to absorb yeah. the backlash. Yeah, you know what? Google and Apple should be able to figure out how to write software that can read an ampersand in a URL. Like, what the yes. hell? Yeah. Yes, absolutely Agreed. correct. They should make it way easier to post podcasts. Just do it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway. I fixed it. Yeah, it's Hooray. fixed now. So thanks everyone for for hanging with us. And now, when you recommend the show to friends, they will be able to see it, which will be <laughs> which will make recommending hopefully easier. Uh, so yeah, take take the initiative this week to recommend our show to one friend, please. Thank you. Um, all right, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod. Jeff also posts a, a notice every time a new episode goes up there. It's true. Um. And uh, if you want to uh, talk to us, you can join our Discord by messaging us on Mastodon. I'm Matt Her- at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. Uh, you can check the post on the website to find my Mastodon. Um, done. <laughs> All right, you can find me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. All right, gang. Well, thanks uh, for listening. Hope you have a good week. And uh, you guys, we can't keep doing this. Eat your donuts. Eat your donuts! <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah. <sighs> that was a good one. <clears throat> yeah, I felt felt good about that. Yeah. All that Looney Tunes stuff. That was new ground for us. We'd say we talk about it all the time, but we don't really talk about the Looney Tunes all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. Next week, it's going to have feel- to be something about Bugs Bunny meeting Dracula. <laughs> I feel like when I first met Jeff, he talked about Looney Tunes every conversation I had with him. <laughs> but things have changed a lot since then. <laughs> That does seem like me. I do like. I do enjoy the Looney Tunes. I don't think I think about them very often, but that's probably just because of the dip in the water. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like when I first met you, you thought about Looney Tunes constantly, and it's and over yeah. time, you've you've grown and matured because of the dip in the water. Yeah, Obama did this. Yeah. Mm-hmm.